we should be thankful for what God has done for us. You know, and, 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 and even in our small group, I know lots of things about your lives and you began to see about my life and some of the things and see the mess. We've, <laughs> I can't look at anyone. And see the mess we've made of it. Because if you ever look at somebody, they think I'm just talking to them. I'm talking to Linda and I and all of us. It's, and it is, it is a mess. And isn't it amazing that God, all God wants, wants to help us with it? Look, I just want to help you live your life and put it in a better order so you can. You can cope with what's coming. You can cope with your life now. And you can have a better life. You know, yeah. we did last week, we did an abundant life. Where we can, we can have excitement. And we can be in the presence of the Lord. This week has been a, a very different week. I went to do lots of things. I've done some of them. But some of the most touching moments were just having prayer. You know, one, one night with my daughter, and then one morning, um, Jonathan and I. And you know, it is, it is wonderful because when it's family, we can just be open and, and, and say what our life is like and how we really are. You know, you know some, some of the things that we really do think and some of the things that we really do feel. And when we do that, you know, God comes and heals us. Amen. And that's one of the reasons why we have communion. is to reflect on our lives, see where we are today, and just to have a look. And that reflection is, is not called reflection in the Bible. One of them is to, to judge yourself. Um, and and, and the, 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 other, the other one is, you know, is to examine yourself. And that's so important because we don't like doing that. We don't no. like to look. We don't like to look at the things we don't want to look at. But God wants us to do that purely for the reason that He can heal us and put us in again on the right path. It is good for us to reflect on what we have done, probably on a communion day, what we've done from the last time we took communion. You know, what have we done? How much have we done? You know, how, how have we how have we how have we examined ourselves? How have we changed in the last month? How have we checked ourselves day by day? You know, and, and to look at that vision that we, we, we've got for ourselves, what have we done towards that? How are our plans going? How are our plans in our life of, 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 of moving on and doing more and you know, not only in our natural life, but in the life with, with, with the Lord. If it's going good, carry on, you know. But but I know every single person's got a problem. I don't know no one without a problem. And it's important that we give those to the Lord. That's part <coughs> of communion as well. Stop holding on to our burdens. Stop holding on to the things that are wrong. And look for what we can do, which is right. God's righteousness, God's way, and not ours. And, you know, and it is time to, to, to plan again. You know, people say, Mark, how often do you plan? I said, every day. And every week. And every month. My wife will tell you I'm always writing my list and, and putting things down, what we've got to do, and, and making notes all the time so I don't forget, and, and trying to look at it and trying to put it into some order. That's my life, but I've done that most of, most of, most of my life ever since the Lord must have knew I needed it. And I did my first time management course when I was 23. But also, one of the most beautiful things when we look back is that if we need help, 
God just turned around and said, ask for it. And do you know, and that really is one of those things in communion that we say that, why are we trying to do everything ourselves? Why haven't we shared, not only with God, but with one another? The Bible is very clear. Jesus says, why are you carrying these burdens? Why are you upsetting yourself? Why don't you share them? One with God, he says, cast our burdens upon him. Because he cares for you and wants you to have a better life. The other, part, the other scripture is about sharing our burdens. We ought to share our burdens with each other. So when we are oppressed or don't know where to go, share it. And let's see what we can do as, a, as our church to help one another. That's beautiful. It also yet, says to uh, cast you, um, confess your faults one to another. That's the next scripture I was going Sorry. to say. It's okay, Ken. So it just shows you that you're on the right track, Ken. But don't forget, everyone that we, we wish to give to somebody else, it's, it's about looking at ourselves first. That's what one of these things in communion is about. He's not just giving the scriptures out, he's really looking at them ourselves. Because it's no good, as somebody said, just telling everyone else what it is. We've got to follow that. Mm -hmm. Confess your faults to one another. You know, what am I, I have to confess my faults to my wife before she tells me. Why? Because it means then I know I'm telling myself, I'm sorry. I've done this. No, I didn't think that. I didn't say that. This is what... And it, and it happens with all of us. And two, it is important. But what else is about the confession of our faults to one another and also confessing to God? It shows our humility. And when the Lord tells us that, you know, he wants us to be humble. And that humility, you know, it, it tells us... It's not about being weak, being humble. It's about being honest with God and yourself. Others... And, and ourselves. And so this is a sign of our humility before God and everyone else. And look, and you see, and it's, and it's even, even for me when I'm asking you to do something, this is not about trying to control. This is me asking, asking my brethren to help me. To help me to help others to, you know, to get to the Lord and also for us then to be blessed. So it's important that we have that communication. So let's just spend a couple of minutes looking at ourselves, shall we, and, and confessing our faults to the Lord, and let's, let's have our time of repentance for the things that we haven't done that we said we were going to do, for the things that we, 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 we've done that we shouldn't have done, and of course for, for asking God to forgive us for all those things that we have not done. Let's just bow our heads and very, very quietly begin to, to pray to the Lord. Father, help me, Lord. Father, you know everything about each one of us, Lord. You know every thought that I've had, every word that I've spoken, you know every action that I've had, every look that I've given, Father. And Father, we come to you this morning and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Father, for, for, for not spending that much time with you again. Forgive me, Father, for, for the words that I've spoken that I shouldn't have. And Father, you know what our minds are like, Father. They rage sometimes, Father. 
And we ask you to forgive us, Father, for all those ungodly thoughts, Father. Father, because you know what we're like, you know, when we're angry, Father, what we think. And some of the things that we think are terrible things. So forgive us, Father, today. And Father, for, for, for all the times, Father, that we've, we've, we've thought about you and not spent time with you as well. Father, that's our relationship. The time we spend with you grows the relationship. So forgive us, Father, when we've put everything else in the way, Lord, and, and left you for some time that we can make. Father, this is our lives, Father. Forgive us, Father, for not speaking your word, Lord, and for not helping one another, Lord, for, for, Father, not having the opportunity to tell someone about you. Father, it doesn't matter what the answers are, but we need to be there so in the service. Forgive us, Lord, for not putting into action all those things that we said we would do, because the world comes in, in the way and those things become more important than you. So, Father, here's our repentance this morning. But Father, we know that to get into your presence, Father, we have to get rid of all sin. We have to make sure, Father, that we are trying to follow that path you have laid out for us. And Father, it is quite clear, Lord, it's a, it's a, a straight gate and a narrow path that leads to life. So Father, we need you this morning, Father, as we say, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for what, we, what we've done and what we have not done and all the things that I can't remember, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for not giving. Forgive us, Father, for not loving. Father, the greatest love we have is showing your love to other people. So help us, we pray this morning, Father, so we can take our communion worthily this morning with no sin. But Father, secondly to that is with a purpose for us to change again. You know, even this day, Father, work with you to improve our own lives and of course, to improve the lives of those that are around us. So we say, forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. And the Lord says, can somebody just give the emblems out, please? as something we should do every time that we think about our Lord Jesus and he tells us to do this oft as you remember what Jesus Christ has done and you know it, it, it is fascinating you know that I have to look back <coughs> I have to look back and, and, and when I'm and when I'm when I'm witnessing to people I have to remember that I was in the same place they were. A non-believer. Someone that, someone that didn't want to know Christ, didn't, you know, but, but believed there was something, but didn't really believe in, in, in what people were trying to tell me. And so it's important for me to remember that. So when I'm talking to people, I don't know how they feel. You know, who is this guy and what is it? No, it's religion and all the rest of it. <laughs> And yet it's so important that it's not. 
It's not a religion. This is not a religion. Religion is a man-made fight. This is a fight in a God that is real. And that's why he tells us to have that's why he tells us to have these times to remember this. That God is real. Our salvation is real. Receiving the Holy Ghost was real. For I received from the Lord that which I was also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we take this bread right now in remembrance of you. Let's take the bread. The body that was broken for all of us to be saved. Taking away the sins of the world. Helping us to have a better life. In the same manner, he also took the cup after eating the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And don't forget, the blood had to be shed. He had to be sacrificed. He had to suffer to take away all our sins to give us this new life. Do this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's just remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross, the blood that was shed for you. In Jesus' name, let's take it. Do this as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you, Father. Let us take this communion now, Father. And let us, Father, just, after we've examined ourselves, look again at our lives, Lord. What else can we do for you, Father? With you and for you. Because, Father, everything we do, you then bless us with rewards that we cannot even imagine. So thank you, Father, for this communion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Sunday school? Children and uh, Sunday school teachers. That's it. Oh, well, that's it. Everyone's gone. That's it. I said, should we go to Sunday school? <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Okay, this morning's sermon. Uh, we are going to talk about um, holding on to the word. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Oh, that's, this is interesting, isn't it? I'll move over a bit so I can see everyone. 
going to the Word. David uh, gave us a, a scripture uh, a few weeks ago, I can't remember, but it just keeps coming over and over in, in my head, and it was uh, Philippians 2. And the, the scripture that David gave was Philippians 2, uh, 16. And it was holding holding fast to the word. No, we didn't give this bit. He give this bit. I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in labour or in vain or laboured in vain. And David said, well, that would be a lovely epitaph on, you know, on, a, on, a, on our headstone. But the problem we have is that it's not up to God what we have on our headstone. It's entirely up to us. And this is why I looked at it very differently and said, you know, if we hold on to this word and do what the Lord is teaching us to do, not only does he give us a, a blessed life here, but he will. He will say, welcome, my tried and trusted servant. Welcome into heaven. And that you may rejoice in that day. And your labour will not have been in vain. Why? Because you get to heaven. But while you're on the earth, this is where God can show us and teach us and train us to do the things that we should do to get blessed. Everything we do, we have to learn. I don't care what it is. Whatever job you've got, whether it's sweeping the streets, you've still got to, somebody's still got to show you how to do it. Why? If we don't, we do it the way we think. Think, it's quite amazing. And that's why God gives us these scriptures and gives us teachers, gives us church, gives us the Holy Spirit and all those wonderful things so we can actually do what God, the Lord has asked us to do. The, the title for that passage was Light Bearers, which is quite fascinating. So we, um, from the, I'll read it from verse, um, yeah, I'll read it from verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So it's God trying to work in you. And if you don't let God work in you and you just do what you want to do, don't bother with God, guess what? Don't bother with you. We are easily distracted. <laughs> I'm watching people watch the door fly, going backwards and forwards, so I just get rid of the distraction. Isn't that like life? Mm. How many things do you get distracted with? How many people want your time and everything else? But it's God, you know, it's us to look at our own salvation. And you know, it's not just being saved. It can't be just being saved, because that's it. And lots of people do that. We know in our little group, people have got saved and don't bother. And we all know them. Yeah. yeah, you know them, some of you know them very, very personally because they're in your own family. But it's so important that we have to work on our own salvation as well. It can't just be coming to church and that's it. Because if it's just coming to church, that means every person that goes to church gets saved and I'll go to heaven. Ho, ho, I will promise you the Word of God does not say that. And that's why we go to teaching. So we understand what God is trying to do. Do all things without complaining and disputing. How many people do we hear complaining? I hear more moaning every day than anything else in my life. Everyone you speak to, they've got something to moan about. And I'm thinking, get a life. Do something about it. 
Stop moaning if your life isn't what you want it to be. Do something about it. Incredible. Why? Don't moan and complain. Do something about it that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault. In the midst, you ready for this? Are they crooked? Okay, what's come on now? Some warning. Okay. Hallelujah. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how quickly we get distracted? Yeah. This is a great example. Just five of us, six of us, remain. And so easily we get distracted to stop listening to the world of God to look what's going on out in the world. Amen? Incredible. Children of God, that we should be blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. It doesn't matter which generation you look at, it's crooked and perverse. How perverse is our generation? Look back from when he was a child, how perverse is it compared to when we were children? And I know we're a lot older, Alex, and I know you're not as young as you look. (laughs) And I know you you are as young as you look, but you're looking on them, by the way. Among whom we should shine as lights in the world because we've got to be different. Holding fast the word of life that, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. So we're going to labour. We've got to labour. We've got to endure. It's not, people say, well, what are you going to do? You're going to give up? No, we have to have some endurance. We have to have some perseverance. We have to have some persistence in everything we do to do it. You know that whatever job you've got, if you don't work at it, okay. if you go on your job and you don't do your job, what do the, what's the boss say? You're out. Well, that's, that's rather quick. You know, I don't think we have to give them a warning. There's one, two, three these days. You know, they've set the rules for one, two, three. Oh, if you don't do it, then sit one. If you don't do it again, two, three, you're out. Okay, what, what do we used to say? Three strikes and you're out. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. Thank God he's not like that. And that he does bear up with us. But what we've got to understand that, that this, this word endures forever. And so the word is so important for us. And holding on to the, to, the, to the teaching that he's given us of how we should be has to be part of our life. So we, it's not just of a Sunday, as Linda rightly said, or of a Monday night. But if we're not learning and not putting it into place, what are we doing? We're staying still. And that's not God's way. He wants us to grow in Him and wants us to help to grow the church. This is what 1 Peter 1, 22-25 says. The title is the enduring word because it is. It's enduring. It never, ever changes. It is the only word in this world of every book you ever see doesn't change. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Isn't that amazing? We've got to love each other. Fervently. Fervently means boiling over. I've got to love you. Even though sometimes we don't want to love. Anybody get upset with anyone? Oh, yes. Oh. (laughs) 
Oh no, oh no, I don't get upset with I get upset with most people. I don't, I don't need to lie or kind of be truthful to God. I get upset with most people. But it doesn't stop me trying to help them. Or it doesn't try, it doesn't stop me loving them. That's the love of Christ that he puts in us. We've got to be fervent with love. We've got to show each other that we love. Having been, but you know, some people don't like love. Especially when we're trying to help them put something right in their life. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. We don't like it. But the Bible is so clear that when God shows us something we're not doing, He's not punishing us, He's trying to. And if we don't want to listen, it's okay. You just carry on with your life. And one day when, when something goes drastically wrong and you just, well, it doesn't matter or, you know, it doesn't matter what, what happens when I die, well, you'll live that life. And it's irrelevant. But we know it's true. We know what we sang in, 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 the, in, the, you know, in your presence, Lord. There is no greater thing than being in the presence of the Lord. When we look back what we've done today, you know, and, and, and Jonathan and I look back of, of where we've been and, and, you know, where we've come to and what's happening and, you know, and all the trials and tribulations that we had and we said, but we're still here, still praising the Lord, still trying, still pushing, still going, still trying to learn more, still reading, still writing, still witnessing. They said, and that is so important that we look at ourselves and know we're still on that narrow path. Because we've been born again. We've been born not of this incorruptible seed, that, you know, um, corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We've been made one of God's spiritual people now. And we've got to we've got to do that. And it's through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So if you don't learn the word and you keep missing Bible study, you'll never learn anything. Amen. Everyone. Because you, learning on your own is very, very difficult. Yes. Very, very difficult. People haven't got that, 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 that determination to, to, to do that, especially when it's the Bible, because they don't understand most of it. Amen? Amen. That's why he gave us teachers. That's why God teaches and shows us, and through all our experiences, all our failures, I'm not on about the successes, about the failures teaches us get out of that way go on to this way do this do that you see because that's when you get blessed and don't forget the word endures we're just we're just like Christ here today gone tomorrow as all the glory of man is as, is as the flower of the grass the grass withers and the flower fades away our grass is dying, all the plants are dying now, autumn's come, it's a new season, and it'll all go. And then we'll get winter. It's just like us. Bush, it's gone. New season, new time, new day. But the Lord tells us, but the word of God endures forever. It's, when we get this to understand this, it's not just a book, it's reality, it's the life we lead, it'll show you what's going on. All this vileness we've got in our country now, it's just what the Bible said. It's going to get worse. 
All the, all the things that are going on are get worse and worse and worse. This is what happens. Evil is doing better than good. Anyone who wants to do good, evil people say they're the evil ones. So you want me to preach about love and kindness and I go out and people say, are you one of those religious nuts? It's your fault all the wars started and everything else is your... And yet, look at it. We're the only people who can't speak out. We're the only people in this country that cannot speak out. You can be a devil, you can be transgender, homosexual, lesbian, single parent, everything else, and all of those, the government give help to. But you be heterosexual, married, with two kids, pay your taxes, and become a Christian and want to preach. I pay for everything. Incredible. But it tells me, man, I'm on the right track. I am on the right track. I'm the Bible tells us about being married, how, you know, how that's his blessing, man and woman. Man and one wife. That's what he made us for, from the beginning, so that we could love one another and show the love of God to one another. Sincere love of God to each other. Now this word of God in Jewish for reverend, this is the word by what God is telling us to change our lives. <laughs> but what are we like? Some people start some thinking and they start off, you know, with a, oh, let's dig this. Boom, 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 boom. You know, one hour later, oh, I'm absolutely shattered instead of going, digging a steady weight to get to the end. It's the endurance. It's the perseverance. It's having the knowledge what to do with it. So we always need to persevere in everything. When we get when we get a stain on the car, you know, sometimes it just doesn't wash off. We have to go and get something, we have to rub it harder and everything else, and then you know, and it still doesn't, but then we have to get something extra. And that's that perseverance, even cleaning the car. Amen. And it's everything is like that. Everything that we do, you know, and I, I've tried so hard to tell everyone, look, if you want a better life, make a better life. You know, if you keep asking for God for a better life, he's going to say, well, what are you going to do about it? I'll help you get a better life, but what are you doing? You know, he said, when you work with God, God works with you. And so that's so important. When we follow the word of God, God blesses you. When you don't follow the word of God, he can't bless you. It's so simple that that... That word persevere, you know, it means patience, but also it means diligence. Looking at stuff and, and trying to learn, you know, I think the amount of writing I've done this week was fantastic. I didn't like it because it was all over the place. And I wanted to do this subject and that subject, but what it's given me is given me a base for so much more of the writing that I want to do. So, you know, I'm unhappy, but I'm happy, if you know what I mean, because I've done some of the stuff that I want to do. But listen. We talk about we talk we talk about the problems in life, you know. And I'll say till till Jesus Christ comes back, I don't know anyone without a problem, not one person. And he, all these people say that they're happy and everything else with their life. Well, that's fantastic for them. But if they haven't got God, they don't know. They're not happy. All they're doing is being happy with what 
they are doing. That's all they have for you. Romans 5, 3 to 5 is one of these amazing bits of scriptures which we don't like. So there's some, there's some scripture that we're not going to like again. But it's great when you, get the, when you get the message. We always need to persevere. We need to have patience. We need to have diligence. We need to work hard at what we do, whatever we do, to succeed. And that's also with the scripture. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Right, tribulation. What do you think it means? Tribulation, you know, when people say, oh, it's tribulation, it normally means there's something wrong. Okay? Here's, here's some of the words that you can use instead of tribulation. Pressure. Anybody get any, any, anybody get under any pressure? Mm -hmm. Who by? Lots of <laughs> people. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the people closest to us put us under the most pressure. It's fascinating, isn't it? I won't believe it. Kevin, you be careful, young man. <laughs> time, there's a time to, you know, time to speak, there's a time to be quiet, mm. there's a time to joke, there's a time <laughs> to be serious. Hallelujah, you know. I hope she doesn't listen to the sermon. Praise God. Praise God. It's important. Why? This, this pressure, anguish, burdens that we shouldn't be carrying, some persecution, trouble, all of these are the things, the pressures, the troubles, the hassle, the mistakes, the discipline, all of these are the tribulations we all go through. Every single one of us is going through. But this is what the Lord's saying, knowing that tribulation produces patience. Mm. So I always remember when I first became a Christian, you know what my wife prayed to the Lord for me to have? Patience. Patience. Because I was one of the most impatient people that I knew. Everything. Had to be done. And you dare not do as I tell you straight away. That's my children. Praise the Lord. And I was like that. But she prayed for me to have patience. I never had when we look back, I've never had so much trouble in all my life as when she was praying for patience. Because what the Lord was trying to do was to show me how impatient I was. So when he shows us, he begins, because then we go to him, and then we have to have patience to get through all the troubles we've got. Because they don't just disappear like this. Some of them don't. And that patience produces the character of God in us. That's the most incredible thing. He, he doesn't put us down. He actually builds us up to, to go to God, to, to try to sort it out, to try to use the word of God in what's going on, in trying to, in trying to see things in God's way, not our way, to try to see things in the spiritual way, not in the flesh. Mm. And that character then gives us hope. Because when, when the next time we have a problem, you know, I'm going to give this to the Lord. I'm going to ask him for guidance. I want some tomorrow. I'm going, to, I'm going to go and ask David. I'm going to ask Kevin if they can help me, whoever it may be. So we can help me get through this time that I'm, that I'm under pressure, I'm under stress, or whatever it is. 
And that's brilliant. So we not only do we take it to God, we take it to each other. And that, that, that becomes part of our character then. Part of our way of life that we don't just try to get through everything on our own and, and mess up even more and, and get angry with each other and, and upset with each other and, and you know, disappointed and, and, and hold grudges against each other. Because that's what we do in our flesh. We get it out in the open so it's clear. And then we can live a much freer life. It's so simple when it's explained. But that hope, now this, this hope does not disappoint. Why? Because our hope doesn't become a hope. It becomes an expectation in God. Which is a different, our hope is, oh, I hope I do this, I hope I do that. When our hope is in God, it becomes an expectation that he's going to see us through what we're going through and, and he will help us. And that hope does not disappoint them. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And that's that, that's, that getting into that spirit, that, 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 that's praying until we, we can get into the presence of God. That's worshipping until we feel the presence of God. And it's being honest with ourselves, like, you know, that when we are re really struggling, instead of trying to be big macho men or big smart women, we weep. We cry at the problems and say, Father, I'm struggling. But then we bring it to each other. And we share with each other so we can help each other. That is this word that is trying to give us. It's not about us. It's about us being together, helping each other. All the little things, you know, that, 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 that you, for me, you know, I, I, I have, I've seen billions of things. I've, I've been involved with it. I've been all over the world. I've done lots of things, met lots of people. And I see now that all these people that were just, all of them, trying to live their life the way they think is best. And there's God saying, well, Mark, my way is best. That's why I'm trying to teach you so you can teach others. Do this, do that, and, you know, and I will use you as you are. He's not going to change who you are overnight. He doesn't. You're you. And if you did change overnight, what would everybody say? What is wrong with him, her? It's gone crazy. Well, I had that said to me anyhow, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, but it, it's important that we understand that. God poured that spirit into us so he could help us with every, every trouble, problem, pressure, stress, all those anxiety, burdens, all of those. He wants to say, here, but what I'm trying to do with you is, is improve you. Give you the strength to get through it and then to help others. That's the important bit. We all feel pressure. We all feel stress. And some, and some of us react very differently to others. You know, when you, my wife will tell you when the problems come to me, my first, my first thing that comes out of my mouth is pray. No, for Pete's sake, what's this now? That's my natural man. That's just my natural man. 
That's what's inside me. Oh, and that's not a problem because God must say to all of us when he looks at us, oh, not again. Not again, Mark. Not again, Kevin. Not again. Not again, Alan. He must do that, mustn't he? Oh, dear me. I bet he's like that because I'm like it. You're like it. Amen. <laughs> yes, you're not going to get away with it, Alex. It's, it's simple. It's in the Bible. And if we know it's real, we know what we're like. And it's when we're honest with ourselves that we can begin to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how we react to it is so important. It shows us how we are coping in our life. Mm-hmm. It tells us when we need help. Mm. Especially if we cannot see our way out. We've admitted that as well. Oh, admittance is the important care. Why do you think it says confess your faults to one another? Because we all try to say, well, I've got no problems, you know, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm going out with my mates and I'm doing this and I'm doing, oh, look at me, I'm doing that, I've just bought my new house and I've got my new car. Yeah, bought my new shirt. It's really smart, isn't it? It's not only that's the way we are. But my biggest sadness, for me personally, is when people are complaining all the time and yet never listen to any advice. And worse still, when you give them advice, never put it into practice. Do you think God feels like about that? got people saved and work with them and then they still try to go back in their own in their own life. Remember that event, I can't is it, is it was it in Luke when he says you cannot sew you cannot sew a new piece of cloth onto an old garment because it just tears. Or you can't put new wine into an old wineskin because as it as it begins to ferment, it splits the wineskin. And yet we try to fit God into our way. We try to fit God into our way of life. And it's going, no, no, it's the other way around. You've got to put my life in and then try to fit your life in my life. Hmm. I wonder how God feels when he keeps trying to give us direction and keeps trying to teach us to be blessed, to how to do things, the words, the advice he gives us, and people say, yes, that's right, I can see that. And within a day or so, forget it, or worse still, it's too much trouble to change or do something about it or learn how to do it. Mm. Romans 8.25 says, if we hope for what we don't see, because don't forget, life with God is not what we see, it's what we don't see. You know, when we look at our future, where do we want to be? How happy do we want to be? Where do we want to retire to? What do we want to do? What do we want to do with our rest of our life for the youngsters? What do we want to do? But if you don't do anything about it now and don't learn how to change to get to there, you'll never get there. You will never get there. How many times do I have to tell young people who have left school, get to college? 
Go and learn something that was going to help you in your life. And I don't mean something that, you know, oh, I think I want to learn German because I've always wanted to learn a language. Well, learn a language for German, to speak German, to improve your life. Not just to do it, because otherwise you're wasting your time. My wife said, you know, years ago, you know, can we learn French? We went to French lessons. Oh, my. There were some people in there, you know, they didn't learn anything week by week. They never looked at it. They just came to French lessons, you know, and, and, and they had real black country accents. And so I didn't even know whether they were speaking French sometimes. You know? <laughs> and so it was, it was quite amazing. But the, the, the teacher didn't like me. The French teacher didn't like me. And, uh, and she loved Linda. And, and, we were, and she was trying to teach us. And, and I would go home and learn it. I would learn all that she's given us. Then I would say, I wonder why she does that. Then I'd learn other words. And so by the time I come back the week, next week, I would learn more French than she's taught us. And then she'd ask us a question. I'd go, please, please. <laughs> please, please. And she'd go, Mark. And I'd say something. And she'd go, no, 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 Mark. No, no. And then Linda would go, miss. You know, and, and, and go, yes, Linda. And Linda would go, you know, uh, Je suis uh, très fatigué or something. And she'd go, oh, Linda, excellent, excellent. And so every week Linda would get an excellent. And I would get, no, no. <laughs> you know, you know cause, but what I was doing, I was going too fast, wasn't it? <laughs> so she was upset with me for learning too much. Because it didn't give the other people help. So I had to keep my mouth shut. But guess what? You learn that French, then we stopped going to France. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what are we going for now? And I'm sorry, this is me. This is me. So we've got to put into place things that are going to matter. help us, things that matter. Okay, for you and for your future. But that again. He's, he's hanging on to that word of God, learning what he wants to do, and then the, having the diligence to put it into practice. You want to be fruitful in your life. You want to have a, have a life that's, that, that's got growth in it, and our faith grows, and we, and, and, and we, and we see more, and God helps us more. Uh, let me just give you some, some scripture. Again, just the word. Holding up to the word, that's what we're doing. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 11. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, all effort, wow, putting some effort into learning and doing these things, add to that faith then, because the more you learn and the more you do, the more your faith grows and the more you will do. It's virtue. Virtue is moral excellence. And so the more we learn, the better we become morally. Amen? To virtue knowledge. So as we're learning, we're doing this thing, putting this effort in, we're getting more knowledge. But with that knowledge, we've got to get more self-control. Alright? Self-control. One. Part of the fruit of the Spirit, the last one, the ninth one in there was self-control. Why? Because we get out of control very easily. Very easily we get moved off 
So we need that self-control, but with that self-control, that patience, that, that perseverance, that diligence will make us become more godly. Doing more in the Lord's work and not forgetting Him. We're easily, we easily forget God, especially if you're really busy and you have not much time. We don't have enough time for God. For if all these things are in it, we will, we will, we will get that brotherly love. We will get all those things that God is trying to put inside us. Because it, when we get these things, they will be ours, and they will come out of us. They will, they, that, that patience, that, that, that ability to forgive, that ability to continue, no matter what's going on, God will put inside us so we will know that God's working with us even if things go wrong. For if these things are yours, they will abound, and neither will be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. We've got to put into place the things that God wants us to do for him to be able to work with us. Put him away, what can he do to help us? Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, if you try to put, hold on to this word and put it into our life, these things you will never stumble daily. If we do all these things, we will have on our headstones you know, we did not run or labour in vain. But it's up to us. It's not up to God. People say, well, I've prayed. I said, pray all your life. If you don't put anything into action, you'll never change. Oh, I've said to, you know, when we talked about time, you know, Today, like you know, you've got no time, you know. I say to people, but if you haven't got time to do this, let me sit with you and look at your time, how you spend it. Then we will see if you've got no time. Hallelujah. Because yeah. we're busy and we can be as busy as we want to be, and we can also be busy fools. Okay. Incredible stuff now. Just this last little bit. Peter, 2 Peter 1 to 4 says this. I'll read 3 and 4. When we have this knowledge of God and we're holding on to the word, there are certain passages of scripture which are just so amazing to give us the encouragement why we should do it. Verse 3 says this. According as his divine power, God's divine power, has given to all of us things that pertain unto life and godliness. Give us the things we can do to become more godly. Through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. He's called us to, to have praise and glory and happiness and all these wonderful things, you know, and, 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 and have this moral excellence to, to do things which are morally correct all the time because of what's in us. We're also he has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Can you understand? 
God is trying to change all this stuffing feeling in our hearts to try to put us into a place where we know. We know what's going on. We know these troubles and we can see what's happening with our life. We can see what's happening with our wife, with our work, with the government. And it is quite amazing. And we're never going to change on our own, the government. But we can change the things that are around us and take part in what God has given us to take part in. Take partakers of the divine nature. Therefore, escape the corruption that is in this world. That's what it is. From last week, this holding on to the word takes some effort. And I said, all we need is very personal to us of what we do with it. And it's our ability to stay on, on, on the course that God has given us and finish the race. It is directly linked to your participation with God, with each other, and of course, with the Word of God. And when people falter, we can see it's the enemy that works against us to say, no, that's not right. No, you don't need to do this. No, you don't need to do that. It's better if you stay in bed all the time and sleep, etc., etc. Satan, our enemy, constantly seeks to detour you to distract you, to disrupt your life, to destroy what, you, what God's trying to do, to stop God's people being in God's plan. Those who fail to meet regular with other believers will be more likely to give up in the face of temptation, dis temptation, discouragement, problems, tribulations, illnesses, whatever that comes, comes against us. And as I said last week, we need God. We need his word to direct us. We need his spirit to, to empower us, to change and to love and to do the right things. Even to work better. But don't forget he needs, he needs us. That's where we get our blessings. When we work with him, we get our blessings. Don't forget everyone, I need you to help me. And you need me to help you. We all need one another. Need one another. It's scriptural. It's all scripture. It should be part of our life. And not having a so-called church life and, and or our life in the world, it's, it's, you know, that will ruin us. But we should be trying daily just to put those things away, holding on to the word so that God can pour out his blessings upon us. He's promised us whether we are in great peril or hardship, sickness, finance, emotional distress, physical health, he's there waiting to move in, to help us as we move in faith. And he will be working with us to help us through every single day that we have. This is my prayer. Father. Lord, help us this day yes. put the action into our life this week mm -hmm. to show you we are ready to go anywhere or at least somewhere to find others who need your help. Need, need our help to know you and our help to show them you in everything that we do. 
Father, there are people who believe and are yet not saved. And the scriptures tell us that if they're not saved, they are not of his. Father, we know this repentance needs to be daily. For Father, when people are still sinning in word, thought and deed, if they have not changed from their old ways, they are still lost. Father, you tell us if they have not been baptised as the Bible tells us, then they are under condemnation. And also, Father, you tell us if they have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had that gift of speaking in tongues, then, Father, they are not yet saved from this world and are still in it. And all the persuasions and thoughts of the worldly things and all the things they've been taught are still holding them far from our Lord. And all those things is what the Lord died to save us from. And Father, if the people are not being taught to be your disciples, and they're not taking part in the work of the ministry, they become only hearers of the word, and faith without works is dead. And yet you want us to be alive lively stones in your in your world, in your kingdom in this world. So Father, help us this week to do our study, Father, to talk and pray with one and each other, to change yet again, and keep us on the narrow path to life and get to heaven. And therefore, when we are on that narrow path, Lord, getting our characters changed, for all the rewards for the work we do, here upon this earth, so we can end up, Father, as our epitaph. I did not work and labour in vain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Shall we sing our last song?